0: will
1: you do without freedom? Will you fight? Welcome to Leverage Addicts, the podcast
0: for investors looking to maximize returns through leverage. Join host, seasoned mortgage professional and real estate enthusiast, Blandin Lerm, as we explore property investing strategies and learn how to navigate the market to build new wealth. Well, why do you tell us about um, get into property and the pace side of things? And what yeah, so of- they're
1: two different companies. So get into Properties, obviously over my career has been it's been the one I've had the one company. I, it's not like I've had the two. It's I've always had the get into Property has been a joint venture and it's been a consulting company. So we do a lot of joint venture trade deals through that, and we also do some high level consulting. So we put to, together deals for clients. I, I've done everything from you know small five hundred thousand dollars houses right through to you know a, a twenty seven million dollars deal, you know, big land rezone projects and, you know, apartment developments and things like that, I've bought them for clients and so we sort of procure deals, find deals for people that are wanting to get into the market, people that don't have the time to go and do it, you know, obviously I'm out there all the time so we find projects and we align them with the right the right buyers or we might go into a joint venture with those guys, um, so that's to get into the property side and then PACE is, uh, because of all the leaky homes and all of the problematic homes we've bought, we found a real need for, you know, actual consulting Uh, a consultancy company that can actually resolve these issues that actually know how to do the deals like there's a lot of consult companies out there that don't actually do the deals it's all theory based and so we set up that company to actually go and rectify you know the problem Matt uh, the problematic issues with homes across Auckland because there's literally thousands of them. Leaky homes, houses, you know, minor dwellings with no CCC, you know, um, homes that have had illegal building works that need rectified, you know, all these types of um, homes. We've, you know, so we've started a, a company to go and do that because we were already doing it anyway. And so we, we were just like, when well, there's no one decent doing this. You know, like builders are, there's a lot of builders out there that are great builders and great at construction, but they don't know that the paperwork side with council and all the things that need to go through to actually rectify these issues. And that's where we can bridge the gap. Then we've got the construction arm alongside that that does, you know, and so we set up that for two reasons was to solve issues in the market, but also to have our own construction and consultancy arm for our own project. And so it was like a two-tiered thing. It just made sense to go and do that. So that's why, so that they both sort of... uh, Aligned together, but they are quite different in,
0: in what they do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to if we get a chance to do a deal together, that'd be cool. So, what are you? Following for industry trends and market developments. Like, tell me, do you watch videos? You're reading stuff. No. To be honest, I don't do any of that. Yeah, just talking to agents. On, just, on the I'm out in stuff. the market
1: doing it. I don't listen to property podcasts. I don't listen to any of that crap because everyone's got their own perspective. I just go and do their deals. You know, like there's plenty of you know property coaching guys and stuff out there that are doing their thing, but I mean, it's not relevant unless you're in my market. You know, there's broad information. I don't need to hear the broad information anymore. You know, you go and study the market. You buy something undervalued finance things I kind of know that because I'm living and breathing it every day so to be honest it's pretty simple see here's the thing like if someone's built a portfolio 20 years ago that is no longer relevant to today even five years ago even five years ago even when I started in 2009 you know we were buying houses in South Auckland for 200,000 250,000 we we're spending 50,000 and you know I was selling them to guys for like 350 and they were like 10 or 12 percent gross yields at that time yeah
0: your return on Equity is like 100, 200%. Some of those debt.
1: I could have just refinanced all of those houses and held them all if I had actually had that mindset at that point in time. So, people that have built a portfolio in that phase of the market, that's not relevant today. You're dealing with a completely different beast. So, how do you build a portfolio today? Well, the financing side's so much different. Oh, it's just so much more complicated.
0: Financing property investments, whether it's for hold or trade, complexity and the difficulty has just gone up and up and up in the last two or three decades from what I've seen. And Certainly, the caution of vendors for any creativity in deals has definitely been wound back. And by creativity, I mean around long settlements or early access or any vendor finance side of things has definitely harder to get from the vendor, from what I've been reading and experiencing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about? financing your, your deals at the moment, um, the ones that maybe you're not doing in the JV side of
1: things, or do you just only do deals with cash, your own or other people's cash, if that's what you need? Well, that's what I've been doing from a trading point of view. I haven't personally traded anything in my, with my own personal funding for quite some time now. I made the decision to do that because I wanted to- Well, you, I wanted you, to you use you've been my-
0: putting that money into buying hold properties, really. Yeah, so
1: I, I wanted to put that, any of the extra money that I had into <clears throat> buying my own hold properties, and then also developing Developing those further down the track, and obviously we bought a lifestyle block, and you sort of you got to live a bit too. Got to reward the family for the hard work and the time that you. Yeah. Well, I think I mean, like I don't know about you, man, but I, like I I don't I don't have like a number of, like for me, going and telling someone that I own 25 houses or 30 houses or whatever the number is, that's not honestly important to me because it's it's not relevant. That might be relevant to someone. So everyone's situation is different, different and so the comparison game is so important that you've just got to understand what your objectives are. I think I, you know, I said this in an Instagram video, I think I did yesterday, it's just so cl- important to understand what is your objective that you're trying to achieve and because and that's your object. So if someone else wants to own 30 houses in the provinces or 27 houses or 17 or whatever the number is, that's relevant to them because that's what their strategy is for what they're trying to achieve with their life. Well, someone else's thing might be they might just want to buy, buy you know, a couple of houses you know, you know, to subsidize their- It's like my book, man. Three properties is all, all it takes. Yeah, exactly. So it, some people might just want to buy three properties and to subsidize their retirement. Like They might not want to retire at 45 you know, or, or have freedom of choice. I think retirement is a really it's time stupid for, word. Time freedom and financial freedom. It's like, what does
0: that mean? It means time freedom and freedom to help the people that you love or want to help. Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to think about it? You just give 10 grand to the local sports team because they need a sponsor and they couldn't find anyone. Wouldn't it be nice, even anonymously, to donate that? And you know, all of it. You can go and watch a team of kids get to go on some trips and. Play some teams that wouldn't have because of the ten or twenty grand that you didn't even feel go out of your account. You just gave them the money. You well, know,
1: I've done that before. I going and give four grand to the local rugby club to go and pay for their jerseys, and I, went, I think I went and watched them play one game, and that was it. You know, my, my company name was in the back of the jersey and all the rest of it. I didn't even think I got a jersey. You know, like it was like it's good to do those things. You know, my kids, my little boys, just started going to school. You know, so obviously there'll be things that come along through his, you know, through my kids at school well, yeah. that you know that they might require funding for something. Or Support and something, and I can, you know, do that, you know. And also, the other thing is, I can take time out to go and do things if they require my physical time. Um, where a lot of parents, you know, they can't, unfortunately, because they're stuck in a job. But
0: with the right mindset and a little bit of hard work, it doesn't take long to get into a position where you do get the ability to spend your time in your own way.
1: No, it's only a handful of years. I, I mean, a lot can happen in five years, it's
0: not five years is nothing. So You've got this property portfolio that's that's your buy and hold portfolio. My understanding is you, you had a lot more properties spread around the place and some of them weren't, they don't have much future potential.
1: Yeah, we had our peak, we had 13 properties, five of those were in the vocabulary. But you know, um, we we sold a lot of the stuff down that had no development potential. And um, you know, in hindsight, if I would I have sold those houses, I probably should never have sold them. Did you pay tax on the ones you'd held for ages? I paid tax because I was tainted because I'm a trader, so I've been but but regardless of the tax, it's, like, I mean, it's more, like those houses in Invercargill, you know, they went up to like four hundred, four hundred and fifty thousand, 450000 say, and I, I think I, when I sold them, they were two But that money
0: went to other things, I'm it sure.
1: other things, and we, you know, we've travelled extensively, and we've done a whole range of different things, and I, I mean, I haven't had a job. I haven't, I've been, had freedom of time and choices for 15 years.
0: Yeah, and you've got this um, portfolio, Mangaree Bridge, and a
1: few other places, or no, what, what, what do you got planned? Yeah well I've got we're just deciding what we're going to do with our sites in Manoray Bridge we're going to unsure exactly what we're going to do we might keep the two existing home and incomes and build six or eight on the back or we might move one of the homes and build ten or we might remove both existing and build sixteen Well just keep planning the two spreadsheets for you so well, I've, You know I've just been sort of I haven't pushed go on any of that I was waiting for the Auckland Council to, to sort of sort themselves out with the, with the new regulations and stuff so we the architect and I sort of said, we'll just wait to see what the outcome is of that before we push go. And then we've got another block, you know, we're going to build nine, two bedrooms on, and that will happen as well. Um, so there's, you know, there's stuff happening. So in between those two, you know, properties, there's, you know, about 20 odd, you know, it could be you know, 20 plus houses. Yeah. I mean,
0: um, you, you're 38, you've got another 20 plus years of deep property investing in you, but if you wanted it, and, and even more.
1: Um, yeah, I, I think if I you know go and accumulate another couple of sites like that, and you can build say ten on each side. I mean, geez, how much do you need? <laughs> so like- You're running into
0: that, uh, that that mindset again of how much is enough, and getting closer every day.
1: But my my thinking has definitely changed more towards that part that wealth creation, holding aspect more now. I think I value my time more now they've got little kids and man, they just grow up so fast, you know, and I I just want the next few years to, I want to be there with them and spending time with them. That's what
0: success in property investing is all about is, firstly, you've got yourself in a position where you can decide to do what you want a lot of people don't have that and now you've got the greatest challenge of all is you can do whatever you want and so you've got what are your options there are so many oh there's no limit (laughs) And, and and a lot of those ability that ability to choose is because you have the passive income you have the skills to be able to do deals but if you lost everything i don't think it would be very long until you had a million bucks again. Certainly if you started from zero today and I said you needed to have a million in cash in 12 months time, you'd be able to do it because of the skills that it's you've got. It's the mentality. Got. And the mentality, yeah. And, you know, certainly I remember you mentioning Rich Dad, Poor Dad as a book that helped set you on a pathway. And, okay, well, what is the key message from the book is around mindset and a, and a shift of mindset. A lot of the examples in there
1: are made up, but... Well, it's a story.
0: It's a story, yeah.
1: And it's a story that gives perspective. It's like the traditional nine to five, well, it's effectively, a, you know... It's parables almost, Well, it's a bit of a scam, really, what the mainstream society is doing. I mean, people think, yeah, we need medical people. We need, you know, professional people, lawyers, accountants, things like that. But, you know, there's a bulk of the stuff that gets taught in the traditional education system that's a complete waste of time. And unfortunately, you know, financial acumen is not taught from a young age. You look at how we're starting kids off at school. I mean, we're sending kids to school, then we're sending them, you know, to university and they're going into debt at the beginning of their career.
0: Without financial acumen.
1: Without any financial, you know, they're not getting told that, okay, you're going to accumulate this $150,000 student loan or whatever it is, and then you're stuck in New Zealand until you pay that off. It's just ridiculous. Why are we teaching people that stuff? Anyway, that's another whole subject. But for me, when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I started, I'm a, a what you call, I suppose, a dreamer. You know what I mean? I've always been a dreamer. That's everything that I focus on in my life is about where I'm going and what I'm trying to achieve. I've never really got caught up in what I do, I've always gone well if I spend time on that particular thing like property for example is it going to reward me for my time spent and, and the answer was yes you know if I go and do another business is my time spent spending that going to help me achieve my goal so everything is all about the dreams and the goals and the objectives that I'm trying to achieve it's not about what I do people go and say things like oh, you know I really love what I do and, and like uh, in regards to their job and I say well if you if the, your job stopped paying you would you still turn up and they uh, and they say no so well, you don't love your job you love the money that your job pays you and hanging out you know you can have fun with the people you're with and helping the clients that you help but you need to make money too you, you need to make money and, and so if you're in a in, a, in an employment situation you can never make more money than your employer so you know you know unless you're going to do investing and stuff on the side and you you, you've got people that are in your corner that are going to guide you and you know give you that advice like your job is just going to pay the bills you're investing and investing and all the other stuff you do on the side is going to create your life the job is only ever going to pay the bills that's it
0: This is what i tell the guys at work here mortgage hq wealth hq a lot of them are very ambitious they want they have big financial goals It's what we encourage and the confusion i think comes when they think that they need to go on their own to create for example a business or a bigger income to be able to build financial freedom and it's not quite the right mindset because a lot of money from my point of view made in investing or through opportunities is by contracting property or below their value and either creating value yourself through renovation or um, development or wholesaling that or flipping it on to someone else. You can make a lot of money through property contracting, getting something under it, like getting a deal done. And you can do that when you're an employee. You don't have to take all the risks of being self-employed. you got to do all your own marketing, your own admin, your own legal. If you're a salesperson or you, you're you a marketer, you can achieve a lot as an employee.
1: Oh, 100%. It's just having the right education.
0: Yep. And the that, that other thing is you have to understand as an employee how you bring the business you work for value and how to maximize the value you bring for that business and then to demand your fair share of it. And if you are getting paid, for example, hundred and fifty thousand and you're wanting to be paid two hundred thousand, all you really have to do is prepare a compelling argument to the business owner of why you deserve that extra $50,000 and if they don't give it to you it's either you weren't compelling like persuasive enough which those skills can be learned or two the value that you're saying that you're bringing you're not actually bringing of which you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out actually how can you deliver the value that you're getting your fair share. If you've done all of that and you're not getting what you need then you know find somewhere else to work or start your own business.
1: And it's like like when I started I had no value like I had value as a person but my experience was pathetic before you started doing the, the all commission- the trading and all the different things where now because I've done hundreds of transactions and I've been there and done that now there's a value because of the experience that I've obtained it's the same in a job it's, it's, well it, you, you I, think about how many industries
0: with zero money can you create value in property you can talk to an agent you can get a property under contract and you can on sell that contract and make a profit how much does it cost just your time you could do that in a couple of hours with no money there's not many other things you can do to create that much money in a short amount of time that brings that much value to you know the market so property is the the thing that shifts the needle
1: for most people you just need to figure out those key skills yeah yes it's, it's like people have often over the years been like can you you know i get people messaging they're like can you coach me i'm like well well no no i can't because it's like if i said to you so this is what I say to them, if I said to you, I'm going to charge you $70,000 for six months to coach you, what are you going to say? And you're going to say, that's really expensive. And I'm going to say, okay, what about in that six months if I helped you do five deals and you made 350000 Is that 70000 a lot of money to invest? if I actually because this is how this is why I don't do it. Yeah, this is why, why I don't actually do that coaching like like that. Because I it would have to be at a minimum that type of level of Yeah, well, it's opportunity cost for you as well. You can do that deal yourself. Well, I can go and do one deal and make that. Well, now I've got to hold some guy's hand and, and go through the process and deal with all the emotions of them not being able to make a decision where I can just go out there and make a decision, find a deal, do the deal, and then be done with it. And that's why I do what I do with Get Into Property. I just go out there and see a waste. You know, people, cause people some people just don't have it. Some people don't have it in them to go out there and go through the rejection after, rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection to try and find a deal.
0: And then you might actually have to make 50 offers before you get one to stick.
1: Well, 100%, that's exactly what you're going to do.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people forget that you might have to do 100 property offers to get 25 of them to be in negotiation, uh, to get 10 of them where you're under contract and to get one of them to stick. Yeah,
1: you, know, you might get two or three that you you, you might have a crack at and one's an absolute ripper and the other two are average. Yeah.
0: And it might take you the whole year spending a couple hours a week doing it or you no, know, 10 hours a week doing it. But if you get to that one out of 100, you might make 200 grand. But most people do it for a week or two and they're like oh this this sucks yeah. <laughs> and it's like well if you get the one to stick it's five hundred dollars an hour
1: that you're getting paid right now yeah and people go and say oh well you, so you're going to do a deal and you're charging 50 grand 60 grand consult fee or something to go and put the deal together and it's like well in their mind because it's scarcity they're like that's a lot of money so well no no well you're picking up 250 300 thousand dollars off the on back this of deal. your
0: 15 years experience
1: yeah and so they they forget people think way too small it's like i've always paid people you know i've gone to grant cardone events i've gone to tony robbins events i've paid for business consulting you know i paid you know six thousand bucks a month in business consulting and got it you know paid um for experience. That's the only reason I've got to where I've been able to get to is by paying money to people that had more experience than me. I mean, That's definitely the shift that I think a lot of people they hold back on for so long is paying
0: for quality value advice. And the thing that I've been quite lucky is that I have never been afraid to pay for quality education and advice. And I heard a good no, Tom Panos quote last night I saw him he's somebody was trying to negotiate on his fee yeah I've seen that Tom too. Panos says look my fee is not based on how much you can afford based on the value I bring
1: yeah 100% man that's what I mean about that whole coaching and doing the deal analogy it's like some people just don't understand I think a lot of there's a lot of dreamers out there like I mean it's good to be a dreamer but there's a you know I mean dreamers that never actually will never make it and because they're not willing to pay the price that's required to be actually good at something and it takes significant time and effort to become good at something and I I think I've mentioned before like I do the mountain biking thing since 2019 until today been banging away at it I'm still not even that good at it you know like you know since 2019 you know five or six sessions a week just absolutely punishing myself to still be average you know it's like <laughs> yeah uh,
0: on the premise that in 10 years time you might be quite proud of where you're getting to
1: well I've come a long way but from where I started so I am proud from that point of view but the, the, there is no destination yeah enjoy the journey no matter yeah, how hard it is enjoy the process of it and it sucks you know sometimes you know this process that you have to go through and you know last year you know you take a few losses and you have a few you know challenging things with materials and projects has been delayed and all the different things that have happened I mean you don't want that to happen but it's just part of life.
0: Life. One thing I like to do is to get you back once a month or once a quarter, get some questions from our audience and from, from our list that so we can even talk about maybe some specific deals. So you're on YouTube? Uh,
1: yeah, is, I, Insta- I am Insta- kind Instagram, of on Instagram, YouTube. Facebook better? Yeah, yeah, Instagram and Facebook, yeah. Cameron Stewart or Cam Stewart or Get Into Property? or Get Into Property, like get in the numerical number two, Property Limited. On Facebook and, and Instagram? Yeah, on Facebook and um, Instagram. And then I think uh, my personal Instagram is like Cameron underscore our Cameron Stewart, 1984 or something. What's your PACE website? Our PACE website is nz, and my get into property website is get in the numerical number 2 nz.
0: Oh, look, man, we, we really enjoyed having you at our um, award ceremony the other week. You spoke for 20 minutes. I'm sure you could easily spoke for hours. There's lots of stories. Everybody was really engaged. So I appreciate you coming along, man, and uh, hope to see more of you. So... Uh, Don't forget to comment and subscribe on the Leverage Addicts podcast on Spotify and on uh, YouTube. Thanks.